Hi guys and welcome to podcast four of the Black Lodge. I am your host Mark Sheridan. This week's episode is going to be part one of a two-part podcast where we talk about some of the perceived fears and also the potential strengths of online learning. This week we're going to focus on the perceived fears so let's get going. One thing I've heard brought up by a number of academics and lecturers is that there's a fear that if students are able to re-watch lectures or or learnings, I like using the word learnings instead of lectures or presentations because we're at a point where I feel the type of learning materials we're going to be putting up online are going to be a blend of slideshow presentation, text articles, podcasts, videos. So learnings just feels like a nice way of encompassing those ideas. But getting back to the point of people being able to watch or rewatch learnings whenever they want to, there seems to be a perceived fear that some students won't do it till the last moment. But the truth is also some won't. So, so what is the problem here? The vast majority of people will watch it when it goes up live. They will do it at the appropriate time. And there's no reason to remove the positives of this approach to try and punish the few disengaged students. There will always be an element that will wait until the last minute to do things, but that doesn't mean we should take away these positive strengths for the students who engage correctly. And what even is the definition of engaging correctly? I see our job as working for the students who are here to learn. Some people learn at different speeds and different paces. Some people have different approaches. As long as they're here to learn, I think we're here to help them. And this also ties into a suggestion I've heard from some people that it's actually making it too easy for students to revise and they're not going to have to rely on their own notes or good note-taking skills. Firstly, for me, revising well-formatted notes will always be quicker and more effective than re-watching a lecture. So the note-takers will still have an advantage. We're not taking away the positive of that. What we are doing, though, is we are enabling even the note-takers. If they're going over something and their notes aren't quite as clear as they thought, they can go back to the original material and they can watch it through just to be sure that they have it right. The problem when we go to revise later on in a year based off our notes is we're assuming that we definitely got it right the first time. And it can be very hard because you're writing down your notes while someone is speaking at the same time. A wonderful strength of online learning is the ability to be able to actually pause a lecture or presentation long enough for us to be able to make a good and well-formatted note on the material and then play on so that we're not missing any of the material in between. And we also have to accept the reality that different students learn at different paces. And I don't really see the issue in that. If some students have the ability to learn an entire course in three or four months instead of over the course of one year, what is our issue with that? Is it really a problem for us that we can't control how quickly they learn, that they would learn quicker than we deem that they should? The truth is, some people learn things or pick things up very, very quickly. Some people pick things up quite slowly, and actually it takes a lot more effort to get that information into their head. Neither of these are wrong. Our job as educators is just to make sure that that information gets into their head. Surely as long as they learn the information, understand it, and can adequately answer the questions on a test, that's all that matters. From my point of view, someone earns their degree because at the end of the course they've achieved a certain standard of knowledge and understanding. The only reason the old model of learning once a week was created was down to lecture and classroom availability. Of course, live tutorials and practicals have to be paced out throughout the year, but that shouldn't hinder someone else from working ahead if they want. As for the concern about people re-watching tutorials later and not attending the class while it's happening live, the fact that they aren't there means that they've already missed out on the ability to interact and ask their own questions, so they've already weakened their hand. And if we believe someone can watch a tutorial later on after the fact 
and gain all the insights without interacting? Well, maybe we need to reflect on whether that tutorial needed to be a live tutorial or whether it could itself have been a presentation without a live audience. Now, personally, I think tutorials are fantastic for those who need a little support or interaction to stay on top of their work. For all of us, some topics come a bit easier, some are harder for us to get our heads around, and tutorials are an incredible place for us to be able to address those issues. All I'm getting at is that it's possible that some people don't need them or don't need them to the same extent as others. And if that's the case, I don't see the harm in them being allowed to watch later. And as for the students who would benefit greatly from the tutorials but choose to skip them, it will only hurt their learning and their results at the end of the year will speak volumes when you also reflect on their attendance at these kind of things. So if they complain about not being taught something correctly, we'll have the evidence and say they chose not to interact and that was their choice and the consequences are obvious. I know there can be a perception that if only 6 out of 30 students turned up for a tutorial that in some ways that would be a negative, but I think I'd rather have 6 engaged and interactive students rather than have 30 people all sitting there silently with their webcams off. We've all heard those cricket sounds. I think one of the big concerns about this transition to online learning is a very reasonable one and it's about the workload on academics and on lecturers. It's completely undeniable that this year presents an unenviable task. That said, we can at least make sure that the work done will pay off in the long term by making easily adaptable and reusable learnings, but I'll talk a little bit more about that next week. There is no denying that recording the lectures will take time and be harder than just walking into a room and speaking as you would have traditionally done. But everything that's new is harder and in the exact same way as teaching in a classroom became easier, so will recording yourself and creating online materials. So this will pass. What we need to do is work together to avoid as many of the pitfalls and mistakes we can make to limit the level of frustration and hard work that's necessary to create these materials. People like myself can't record the lectures for you, but we can make sure that you look and sound as well as possible and help you minimize the risk of you having to re-record stuff multiple times. And time is the key issue here. I believe time is going to be the biggest challenge over the next academic year. It is a more precious and limited commodity than even financial funding. I would encourage anyone who can to try and start recording as soon as possible. Try, if possible, to be even a week or two ahead of when lectures are released. This way, you've bought yourself some time so that if, or let's basically be truthful, when life throws a curveball at you, you have a buffer there that reduces some of the pressure on you. If it's possible, I'd say try give yourself a block booking of a few days to record the lectures. Allow yourself to get into the zone and complete them undisturbed. Now, if this is impossible, maybe even three or four mornings a week, the key is just trying to give yourself some time free of other distractions. If you were in a lecture theatre, you would not be available, so it's equally acceptable for you to be not available while you're recording one. If you jump in to record something without planning it or where you've just come out of a busy meeting or your mind's on something else, it's going to be so much harder on you and that reality is going to trickle into the learning that you record. I know it's not always going to be possible to do everything in a nice controlled environment. All I'm saying is where it's possible, if you can, try. And this brings me on to the last point, which is not just a perceived fear, but a genuine concern. And that's the loss of connection with students. Uh, I've mentioned this a couple of times before, but it's really worth talking about this. There is no easy way to square this circle. It is going to be essential that we value this need just as much as the need to communicate information. It's going to be down to all of us to ensure that we bring as much of our personality and passion to our learnings as possible. That goes for intro videos, text we type, 
and also the attitude and tone we bring to our presentations. Even if someone isn't seeing you and they're just hearing you, how you talk will have a huge effect on their connection with you. It may not feel natural for you to perform your presentation, but it didn't feel natural for you the first time you walked into a lecture theatre and started talking either. We need to put our discomfort aside for the students. They're really going to need it. Look, the truth is that these issues and many others I haven't had a time to mention here are real and are undeniably, definitely challenges. It's not about denying them. It's not about trying to diminish them. All I want to do is try and reframe some of them or put them in a wider context to try avoid us focusing too much on the uphill challenge ahead of us and try and get us more focused on the wonderful view that we will have once we overcome this challenge. It's so much more exhausting if we have to focus on the burden of every step that we're taking as opposed to looking at the horizon and realizing how much closer we're getting to achieving our goal. Yes, it's hard, but it will be worth it. And these strengths of online learning is what we're going to be looking at more next week. Some of the exciting potential that online learning presents. So that's it for this week, guys. I hope you feel I've addressed some of your concerns with these things. If not, please always feel free to get in contact about other topics that we haven't mentioned. If any of you would like to come on and participate in a conversation about this, I believe in having very frank and open conversations about this because there's no point trying to frame this as something that's super easy. It's really only by discussing it and being honest about things that we're going to get to the solutions that are going to give us the results that we want. That's it for this week's podcast. Next week, we're going to get into the really, really interesting things about the strengths and really exciting potential of online learning. I look forward to talking to you then. Thanks, guys.